Hey everyone, it's Coco Creates. And Art of the Cartoon. This is CNC Buhai, and this is episode 6 Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. Review. So, Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts, I feel like this is a very long title. It reminds me of Kubo and the Two Strings by Laika, not to be confused. And it doesn't help, it's like the same font. Yeah, as Kubo the, and the same and the two strings. Yes, the logo of it. You're like, what? And it's Kipo, Kubo. It's so confusing. Yeah. But nonetheless, that's why we're here because we're going to describe further. Of what both this... both epic tales. I would also say that both are must watches. Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts is about Kipo, who is our main character of the story. We'll get into characters later, but. This story is based on a webcomic of the same name back in 2015, I believe. And it was created by Radford Sekerist, who is an artist that works for DreamWorks. Radford Sekerist has been a story artist for DreamWorks for the longest time. And based on what I know from story artists, they have a lot of hobbies on the side. And more than likely, he did Kipo as a webcomic on the side. And... Lo and behold, DreamWorks picked it up as a series. The origin of this particular TV series, actually, mm-hmm. um, DreamWorks thought, wanted it to be a feature film. But then they made the final decision to make a TV animated series because they can create more of that world building going on rather than like an hour and a half film. Which I think was a very smart idea, and we'll tell you why later with all of our things that we do love about this. I agree that it would it worked much better as a series than it would have been a movie. With individualized episodes, you can definitely world build better. And with the story, which is set in a post-apocalyptic Earth, many, many, probably hundreds of years in the future, where the surface world is overrun by mutated animals and beasts... And humans are forced to live underground. And those that are on the surface basically have to survive this world with mutated animals. Yeah, and these mutated animals have either they're super oversized. Right. They talk. They talk. When you watch it first, you're taken aback because it's like really different and weird. And I think that's what the show was going for. It was going for super weird And it really lets your imagination... I can just imagine the character designers or Red when he was coming up with the the story, like, just let his imagination wander. And anything that you can think of, whether it be really huge dogs in a field with six legs or, like, monster bunnies that uh, terrify the earth, anything's game in in this series. I remember that we were talking and you said that you were liking it to X-Men. Oh, yeah. Um, X-Men in reference to the 90s cartoon. Um, Great cartoon, by the way. Yes. Yes. Love that one. Jubilee. My favorite. But with X-Men, I remember there was the tension of humans versus mutants and how, you know, how do, do, do we work together or do we embrace our differences or do we get scared of each other because we are so different or they have special powers? This show reminds me a lot of, I would say, Teen Titans. Uh, Definitely that type of style. And when I mean Teen Titans, not necessarily the newest one, Teen Titans Go, but just like the anime style of the Teen Titans back into like 2003. In terms of anime, I would say, and these are going to be big names, is Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo, only because of the musical cues that the show has and the soundtrack, which is really important. was awesome. 
the composer Daniel Rojas. Great in putting together the the music that went along within the animated series. It really does add to the storylines and everything like that. And it makes you like, oh wow, this music is so refreshing, and it's in an animation. It was new to me, and I wanted to find out more how I could listen to the to the soundtrack. Yeah, this is one of the few series where I would say that the the soundtrack is definitely another character that builds upon the show. Um, other series, I would say like. Another DreamWorks show, which is She-Ra, also has, I think, a pretty good soundtrack, but wasn't as integral as, say, um, the soundtrack is to Kipo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like every time there was like an action sequence of some sort, uh, the it was like an added touch to have that music sequence happen at the same time. And and what would you, how would you describe some of the music choices then? The music choices are very eclectic. I think. It mostly draws from hip hop, but then there's also some classical thrown in there as well as some EDM and folk music. Oh, trip hop a little bit, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, there were some other parts. I know it's not MIA, but it remind me of that type of inspiration of MIA's music. It it got me going because it was so refreshing. I remember when I first was watching it with you because you suggested it. I was so skeptical. I'm like, what is this? Yes. And then I got into it. So, and I think it's because of the music. Definitely. It's definitely because of the music. We love the music so much, actually, that we were curious to see if it was on Spotify. And good news, it's on Spotify. So check it out if you ever are interested. Just type in the name of the animated series, and then you can see all the different types of music that is part of it. And so far, so good for us when we started listening to it. All right, so let's get into the characters. So our main character is going to be Kipo Oak. Who is voiced by Karen Fukuhara, and if you got, if anybody watches the DreamWorks Shira, the new one, she voices Glimmer in that series. And wasn't she in Suicide Squad? Yeah, she was a katana in Suicide Squad, the film with Jared Leto. Like I said, Kipo is the main character, and she is from the underground society. They're known as the Burrow people? Yeah, they call it the Burrow people. Not to be confused with Burrow, like B-O-R-O-U-G-H, but Burrow as an underground... As in like burrowing? B-U-R-R-O-W. I didn't realize this was going to be a spelling thing, but like Burrow. So there she's like Burrow Girl. They would always reference her as the Burrow Girl. Yeah, so the quick synopsis is that the, the first couple minutes... We find out that her burrow was under attack or was being destroyed and she was washed out in a drain and she is trying to get back to her burrow and find her dad. This is her first time on the surface level. She's never seen what's happened to the earth since whatever happened a long, long time ago. And she has to survive to try to find her dad. And then she meets up with a cast of characters. The first one is uh, our next character is Wolf, voiced by... Sydney Michaela, and I think Wolf is supposed to be a younger person, um, kind of tomboyish. I don't, you know, I feel like there's no gender actually with this particular character, yes. um, but it seems like she's female identified, a little bit younger, uh, very into um, fighting <laughs> she's because a, of survival. She's a survivor. She's the youngest one. She brings the cynicism to to their adventures. Yes, so Wolf is, like I said, she's a survivor with a mysterious past. She's definitely a loner, and she's very cynical of the world. But she knows how the surface world works. She knows a lot of the animals, like how they operate. She knows how to get by 
And when she meets Kipo, she helps her to find her dad. And even though she's cynical and it seems like she's very cold-hearted, she's actually very friendly and she does like to look out for people. Mm-hmm. And then the other human character part of the gang would be Benson. Benson, who is another survivor, albeit a different type of survivor on the surface world. Instead of the cynicism of Wolf, we have our hopeless opticism of Benson. Yeah, and he's cool. He's refreshing. He's like one of those dudes where you're like, I want to be your friend. You're yeah. awesome. You're a good energy to be around. Mm-hmm. And then we have the duo. So it's going to be Benson and then his partner, Dave. His sidekick, Dave. Sidekick, Dave. Who is this mute? I mean, so Mutant. in this world, they call it, they're mutants, but they call them mutes. So it's a mute insect. So he's an insect, which is awesome because he just regenerates into different stages. Like he'll be like a baby to a toddler, a teenager, all through stages of life. And then he like comes back again. So um, it's funny um, having Dave. And then another mute that's part of their gang is Mandu. Yes, which is a mutated pig with four eyes and... Six legs? I think it's six legs. I'm not sure. And he's blue. And I guess his character is reminiscent of like... (laughs) <laughs> like Pua in in, Very Disney, cute. in Disney's Moana, like cute there sometimes helps, but other than that, it's just there as another mute. <laughs> right, but yeah, but I mean, actually, I think I think Mandu is the first mutant she meets on the surface. Yeah, and Kipo is one of those people, unlike uh, Wolf, who's cynical. She's a really, uh, her personality is just very bubbly and very open-minded, which is good as a, a heroine and the main um, character of the series. And then there's so many great side characters, too. Um, let's go ahead and mention, like, our villains, which is, part of it is Jamak, which is, I would say, like, he's like a gangster frog. He's, or, like, he's part of the mob frogs. Like or mo- was part of the mob frogs. Yeah, or like it's more like Kusa frogs, right? Yeah, I think so. And and the thing with Jamak with this character is kind of like, I think of Pulp Fiction or like uh, right. The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Then there's the main big badge, which has a great name of Scarlemagne. Scarlemagne, unlike is Charlemagne the, the God. Which but... is the greatest villain name that, <laughs> that yeah, they came up with. which is so odd because he's a, is it like a baboon who, a baboon who loves classical music, question mark? Something like that. Yeah, yeah weird characters. But like mm-hmm. he is very pompous and he's like the main leader who is trying to have humans under his wing so that he can control them. It seems like he has this uh, backstory of some sort of revenge because maybe he was when he was treated before they were mutes, how he was treated, maybe in a lab or something like that. One of the other characters uh, played by Sterling K. Brown is Kipo's dad... Yeah. Yes. Leo Oak, mm-hmm. who is an awesome dad. Right. Awesome dad. You can see with the flashbacks with Keep in Kipo's mind that he's been awesome dad. Uh, he's a teacher and he knows all about the surface in terms of like astronomy, physics, botany. He's, it seems like basically he's a scientist. Yeah. And I, what I like is that like he is a scientist. He's smart. He loves his loves Kipo unconditionally. So supportive, confident that she'll she'll she's of her independence and she'll get it together, and overall too the fact that seeing all these main characters as uh, people of color is what draws me in even more because it's so refreshing to see that diversity amongst that. It's yeah, it's super great to see a diverse mix of cast. So we have 
Kipo's father, who is African American,、mm-hmm. right? And then in a flashback, we saw Kipo's mom, who was Asian.、Mm-hmm. So、right? she's half. She's she's half. She's of mixed race. Yes. Benson and Wolf also seem, but they seem black as well. But they might be mixed. I also now that we're talking about it, and I'm remembering the images from the animated series. I envisioned it like it's kind of like an animated version of where the wild things are, or like Hook with the、uh, Lost Boys, you know, kind of thing with the right,、gang. yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah. It kind of has those inspirations. It's like a whimsy world, definitely.、Mm-hmm. I would, I would also liken this to maybe like. Princess Mononoke or Spirited Away, where you have all those great character designs, some based on animals, some based on those type of things. There's also side characters within some of the episodes. So we were like watching some episodes, and I'm like, why did this particular character? His name is Bad Billions, by the way, who's one of the mob.、Frogs. And he sounded so familiar. He sounds so familiar, and I'm like, where is it from? And then you looked. We looked them up, and who was Bad Billions? Not the Rizza, but the Jizza. It was Jizza from Wu Tang Clan. So, well, you knew、dude. something. You knew something was up when his character started to rap. Yeah, once he started to rap, I was like, this has to be somebody that we we are f- super familiar with. So、yes. it was Jizza, and I was like, whoa, Jizza got on board with this. This is dope. It was、yeah. dope.、Um, and to go back to the musical influence, Joan Jett also played a rock and roll like snake type thing. Yeah, Joan Jett. Like what? How、yeah. did she get on board with that? It definitely has this、um, allure to it. All right, so let's move on to our favorite episodes. There are ten episodes in this first season. Ten episodes, and, yes. Which is funny because when you read the title of each episode, you're like, "What is going to happen right now?"、Uh, some of my favorite episodes was definitely episode two of Explosive Berries. That's where they introduce Benson and Dave. And then another one of mine was "Mute Eat Mute World," which was the second to last episode,、um, mm-hmm. and that was when there was a moment of Kipo and Jamak, who was initially who is like the villain, one of the villains,、mm-hmm. um, where there was an interesting dynamic of a push and pull, where you know it seemed like they were friends or they are friends and giving each other advice. So that was very sweet, and it was great to see characters be complicated. It was really good because I had a discussion on on like the differences between between races or cultures, right? And how do we accept them, right? And moving on. Well, I think it's also because like Kipo is twelve years old, and then in the course of the series, she turns thirteen. Spoilers! Spoiler! Spoiler! Spoiler alert! We find out that she's half mute, half human. And she's struggling about who she is, and this is like something that could be relatable to anyone. Remember when you guys were all in middle school, and you're like, "What's happening to my body?" So it's something similar in that, and she's just trying to figure out what she identifies with and who she is. And Jamak, surprisingly enough, first he's like trying to like take her to Scarlamay, but then like he kind of gives her advice about like of of the changes that are happening. And I'm like, didn't expect it, but it was nice to see. And also, this is in relationship to、um, what she's going with with Wolf. Because Wolf just found out she is half mutant, and Wolf has a huge hatred for mutants, and she is trying to come to grips with the fact that she has a really good friend, maybe even her best friend, who is now half mutant. You also like this other episode. Which one was that? So my favorite episode was episode number six, which was called Ratland. Out of all these episodes, I think this one was the most hopeful, and 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 the one that took the most detour. Because it went away from the story and just kind of 
placed you inside an amusement park for most of the episode. And I really appreciated that. And I really liked that episode because of Benson, who we found out was gay in this episode. And I, I love the way they did it. And I like that they didn't harp on the fact that he was gay. It was like a casual gayness. Like, you know what? It's a matter of fact, I'm gay. Yeah, and because that's it. Kipo was like crushing on him and she's like, I like you, let's be. And he's like, oh no. I mean, I like you like a friend because I'm gay. And then they just kept it moving. And she's like, oh, my bad. You know what I mean? So that was great. And also with Ratland, what was interesting is that rats are usually known for being gross and whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe even villainous in a way. Right. Minus usually. Ratatouille. In Ratland, they were kind of like the chillest animals out of the entire world where all these other animals were always kind of villainous. So it did give that range and open up the range of the world in that not all of the mutes are up to no good. Right, yeah. It it did reset your expectations on what you think is about to happen in the story. You know, that's why I like that episode. Ratland. I know. Even if the title is Ratland, don't be discouraged by it. You should watch it. It's fun. Based on what we've seen, what's your favorite things about it? Especially the character, maybe some of the character arcs. Well, I would, I mean, I would definitely watch it for Kipo's character arc. Obviously, she's the main character. Well, when she starts out, she's optimistic, trying to find out all about the world. And then I think it's also an allegory for like, growing up and going through puberty because when she turns 13, right, all of a sudden all these changes start happening to her body and she realizes she's half mutant. So I think there's there's that. Um, what was your favorite standout character or character art? I think for me, um, my standout character, hands down, has to be Dave. Because every time that little fella, that little insect, or big insect, <laughs> um, whatever phase he was at, was super funny to me. Um, I guess, would he come off as like the slapstick? But his one-liners, though, and like he would break up the tension a lot of the time. And I thought he was just like a really great sidekick to me. Um, I think that younger kids would enjoy him as well, Dave, because it's just so random. Uh, some of the things that him and Benson do, uh, like love dancing on the dance floor and stuff like that. And then like, or maybe some of his limbs are missing and he's still functioning. So that's, that's funny to me. He stands out to me as being like the funny character that I, it's memorable to me. But, um, one character in terms of it being complicated, and I'm curious to know if there is going to be, uh, a series two, it seems like. Um, if it does well enough, I have no idea. We didn't read any articles. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the characters that I feel intriguing probably be Jamak because I'm curious to know if he is going to still be quote unquote bad or is he going to join them? Like I love how there's always this back and forth and you can't really, sometimes he's helping them and other times he's not. And lastly, I think the best arc of this first 10 episodes was definitely Wolf. I think she had the most character development. She went from this really hard-nosed, I've got to survive, i got to do whatever it takes, I don't need anybody with me, loner, to all of a sudden she has a group of friends, she has her own pack, and she is dealing with the emotion of actually caring for people for the first time. And I'm curious to see where that goes in the next season. Do you think there will be a next season? There should be a next season. I think there should be. Yeah, DreamWorks, so you're listening to us, DreamWorks. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it should be. I don't think they would leave us hanging. You know what the show actually, now that as we're talking about it, Mm -hmm. it totally reminds me of this really old, is it 80s or 90s? The Littles. Because the humans are Mm. so small. Right. The Littles. Because the the humans are now small. 
I mean, yeah. they're 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 the same size as they were before, but now the yeah. animals are super huge. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone remembers what the Lils were, but maybe you can look it up. But I loved watching that old cartoon. One thing to to note too is that I thought when we were watching it, mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't possibly binge watch the series. You could. The, each episode's about like twenty two minutes, a half hour or so, which is really short and great. So like for a lot of for us, we always watched it at least one to two episodes per night. So it happens really really quickly. I think that. Was was a good amount because I feel like even after 10 episodes I'm like oh this is a little bit overboard yeah no I, I agree I think 10 episodes is a good way to to, to start off this season we'll see how they keep on going yeah and it doesn't future. seem like there's too much um what they say like quote unquote like there's not too much fat to it where it's like it seems like they're forcing it to to draw out to be more episodes no there's no there's no Dragon Ball Z, I'm going to power up for three more episodes before I yeah, actually get to Yeah, not this like fight. a Walking Dead, people, where it's or like, walking why is it de- still happening? Or, or Walking Dead, where we're yeah, in the same so, place for the same time. Yeah, so, you know, it's very tight. It was quite enjoyable. It wasn't this thing like, oh, I have to trudge through it. Kipo, we'll find out more of this world. I think it's just something to embrace when you see such a really well-tight story arc. But also these moments of where this is super strange and wacky and random. No, and, and to end, I, I think I want to just give... DreamWorks, at least the animation, the animated television side, some credit. I mean, obviously, there's the shows that are on based on like, say, Boss Baby or like How to Train Your Dragon, or I think there was like a Turbo, um, the Snail mm-hmm. animated series. But the three that stand out to me is like, well, there's this one that we're just talking about now, Shira. I think has a really good run in it and really perks up that nostalgia for the '80s Shira, but like brings it into a new, different world for today. And then. Voltron as well but like you said like Kibo is different it's not it's not based on existing IP it is something that's new and fresh and has a great soundtrack they took a risk in doing this it was really smart to kind of try it out because I think it's really successful no I'm, I'm all for more adult animation and not just like say Simpsons family guy and that type of area and I, I that mean, type of humor like it yeah, has to be like that yeah, yeah no I'm all about more like epic storytelling that could appeal to all ages in animation and animation is not just a kid medium yeah and I think that's why I think Kipo stands out so much for us Kipo's totally new and original. I'm trying to think of something that's new and original, and I can't off and, my top of my head. And that's what we need, people. More original stories. I think we've said a lot on it already. If you have kids, definitely watch it with them. I if think... you don't have kids, that's even fine, too. Yeah, maybe that's why it's called The Age of Wonder Beast. Maybe we are the Wonder Beast. Maybe. Just kidding. Corny. Okay. Right. okay, so that's about it. That's all the time that we have. Yep, time Thank to wrap it up. Thank you again for joining us for CNC Buhai, episode 6 here. Check out Kipo and The Age of Wonder Beast. If you give it a try, try the first episode. Maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. But I think you'll like it.